It's time for the Predator Way Podcast. The show starts now. Yes, sir. Happy New Year and welcome to the Predator Way podcast on Penalty Box Radio. I am your host, Boyd Farish. And on this episode, I will look at where the Predators stand entering 2023, including some positive signs from the past couple weeks. Then I'll look ahead to the five-game road trip around the East Coast and give my thoughts on the reports that defenseman Matthias Eckholm may be available for trade. And then after the break, I'll take a little bit different direction and talk about my intentions for the year ahead with The Predator Way, Penalty Box Radio, and Renegades of Puck. So it's a new calendar year, and once again, the Predators find themselves really stuck in the middle. They're sitting at a record of 16, 14, and 6, which is good for 38 points, which also places them outside of a playoff spot. They are currently 5th in the Western Conference wildcard race, with a number of teams ahead of them that they would need to pass to get back into playoff position. This is really the struggle that a lot of Predators fans see from this Predators team right now, which is they're not good enough to be a contender, they're just good enough to hang around playoff position, but also not actively finding a way to plan for the future and utilize some of their trade capital. But all that aside... There have been some positives over the past couple weeks. Over the past seven games, the offense is showing signs of life, averaging four goals per game, which is a significant step forward from the really mediocre offense that the Predators have displayed over the start of the year. And lo and behold, the power play is heating up with goals in six of the past seven games and has really looked like they're starting to find some legs in terms of player movement, moving the puck faster, and more consistently being able to get in the zone and get set up without having to chase four or five different dumps down into their own end. And a lot of the offensive charge is being led by a red-hot Philip Forsberg. In the final week of 2022, he was the NHL's first star, where he contributed five goals and seven points over three games. And if the Predators offense is going to continue stepping forward, certainly Philip Forsberg will have to be at the center of it. Another positive for the Nashville Predators over the past couple weeks has been the recall and emergence of center Tommy Novak. He's played on a couple of different lines, but he has really started to provide something that is kind of missing in the Predators lineup. He's more of a puck control player, really does well keeping possession and moving the puck through the offensive zone, where much of the rest of the Predators' offense is driven around creating chances off the rush. Where Novak has really fit in well has been able to bring a different dimension to the offense and helping to create a little more possession in the offensive zone, and that's led to him contributing six points in seven games, two of those being on the power play. And that's really been an injection of offense alongside Philip Forsberg to help see some more consistent results on the offensive end. Of late, though, Tommy Novak has been lined up in more of a fourth-line role at 5-on-5, 
And in the most recent game against Montreal, he was centering Yakov Trenin and Tanner Janot, almost like a herd line 3.0, I guess. And in that game, granted, Montreal, not a good team, but Tommy Novak's line absolutely buried Montreal. In their approximately nine and a half minutes at five on five, which was the most of any forward line for the Predators, they were 10 to two in scoring chances and had an 87% expected goal share. That's dominating. They were very, very good. And really it looked like Tanner Janot felt a little bit rejuvenated playing again with Yakov Trenin. And what Tommy Novak brings to that line is a little bit more playmaking, a little bit more puck possession than perhaps the herd line had had in the past when Colton Sissons was their more consistent center. So altogether, there are some positives on the offensive side of the ice, and it looks like things might be coming together. But as I'll I'll touch on here in a minute, a significant five-game East Coast road trip looms that will really highlight where this team is or where they aren't. As it relates to the Predators and and their place in the standings, it's really interesting to have seen that, sort of contrary to the historical narrative, the Predators are playing exactly relative to their competition. We've seen in previous years where a variety of, of Predators teams would really ramp it up against the good teams and sometimes really not show up against some of the teams below them in the standings. But that's really not been the case so far in the season, where the Predators have largely feasted on teams below them in the standings, but have had very little to offer against teams ahead of them. And even just looking at the past seven games, three wins against Chicago, Anaheim, and Montreal, three of the bottom teams in the NHL, and losses to Colorado, Dallas, and Vegas, all teams that are ahead of them. The lone win out of those seven against a team ahead of them in the standings was an overtime win versus the Edmonton Oilers. So if the Predators have an inkling of being able to get back into the playoff race, they will have to start beating teams ahead of them in the standings. And that really leads into where the Predators have over the next five games, where on an East Coast trip, they will face Carolina, Washington, and Toronto, three of the better teams in the league. Carolina has been on absolute heater lately, and Toronto, after a bit of a rough start to begin the season, has really turned it on over the past few weeks. In that same trip, they will also play the Ottawa Senators, who, while they haven't maybe lived up to the expectations they created for themselves with the really big offseason, they've started to put it together lately and have been collecting a lot of wins and starting to move back up in the standings back towards the wildcard race. Then the Predators will close out the East Coast road trip with a date in Montreal, which, yes, Montreal, still bad, but the Bell Center is always a tough place to play, and they'll be doing it on the back end of a back-to-back after playing in Toronto. So even though Montreal may not be the best competition, that's still going to be a tough situation to collect a win. So the other big Predators news over the past few days has been multiple reports that Predators defenseman Matthias Ekholm may be available for a trade. It has been reported both by Frank Cervalli of Daily Faceoff, as well as David Pagnota of the fourth period. And in his weekly hit on 102.5 The Game, Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet and 32 Thoughts provided some perspective that He does believe David Poyle will do something, make some kind of change within the defense core 
though it's yet to be determined whether that is Eckholm, Dante Fabro, or even possibly Ryan McDonough, though that's a much more difficult trade scenario as McDonough has trade protection and just probably seems less likely to waive that twice in one calendar year. My speculation on Matthias Eckholm and the potential of a trade. So Eckholm is in the first year of his contract extension, and while he didn't obtain any trade protection in that contract, it very much seemed like there was a handshake agreement, sort of virtual no trade, in place for Eckholm agreeing to the contract that he did. So my speculation about that is David Poyle won't make a trade unless Eckholm really initiates it to say, I'm ready to move on to a contender, or if it's what's best for the franchise, go ahead and move me. I don't really see Poyle initiating that trade. That really doesn't seem like the nature of their relationship, so to speak. In terms of the trade reports, yeah, Poyle isn't hanging up the phone when somebody calls. So you could certainly see how other teams or other sources might be saying, oh yeah, David Poyle's listening to offers. But unless Matthias Ekholm really comes to him and says, yes, this is the time, go ahead and move me, I don't see Poyle initiating the activity. Now, one consideration would be Ryan Ellis and how he was traded just a couple of years ago, where it seemed like he had a very similar virtual no trade And David Poyle moved him anyway, because it was the right situation to do so. So that certainly maybe lends a little more credence to the fact that David Poyle will do it. But I do wonder if he's ruthless enough to make that sort of move of accomplishing a contract's extension with no trade protection on a very popular player and then turning around and trading them. So certainly something to keep an eye on there and see how some of those reports and commentary progress in the weeks ahead as we look forward to the trade deadline here in a couple of months. As it relates to trading overall, I might argue that Dante Fabro is actually a more tradable piece than Matias Ekholm. Now, nobody would argue that Fabro is a better player than Matias Ekholm. That's certainly not the case. But Dante Fabro is still young at 24 years old. He's a right-handed defenseman, which are always, always in demand across the NHL. And his salary approaching RFA status is much more easy to swallow for other teams, who many of whom have significant cap constraints. Fabro makes under $3 million and Matthias Ekholm makes north of 6 So just looking at what the trade targets might look like, if you're making a move with Matthias Ekholm, more than likely you're trading for futures from a contending team because it's going to be a contending team that's going to want someone of Ekholm's age, skill, and experience. Given all of those, he would certainly fetch a pretty significant haul of high-end draft picks and or solid prospects. If you're trading Dante Fabro, though, there's more of an interesting scenario because of, again, because of his age and the demand for right-hand defensemen, you wonder if there's more of the possibility of a change in scenery type of trade with, say, a team like Vancouver, who has another player that might be in need of a change of scenery, and that would be Brock Besser. Now, it's not a one-for-one. Things would have to be worked out and added, but I think from a scenario perspective, what you might seek for those two players might actually be different things. So that's a wrap on where things stand with the Nashville Predators here in early January 2023. After the break, 
I'll shift gears a bit and talk about what lies ahead for the Predator Way podcast and Penalty Box Radio and Renegades of Puck. So as I look ahead to 2023 and the various ways that I represent in the hockey media world, especially here in Nashville, I wanted to think through a few intentions. I tend to use intentions more than resolutions. Just, I don't know, it's a personal thing. And what I've really thought through is I would like 2023 to be a year where I grow in my coverage and get more purposeful than just writing articles or doing podcast episodes, sort of when the inspiration strikes. And one of the ways that I want to go about that is I'd really like to establish more relationships with others who are covering the sport, covering the team, and also the fan base at large. I'm certainly grateful for those that I've met thus far and the the people that I've had a chance to work with, but it's more fun when you know more people and I want to get to know more of all of you. So hopefully with attending Predators games or various events, I'll have more opportunities to do that. Now, looking at what I contribute for Penalty Box Radio and Renegades of Puck. First and foremost, as I sort of mentioned already, I'd like to be more frequent and consistent in the content I deliver. And one of my big goals this year is to make it up to Milwaukee to cover at least one Admirals game and hopefully get a chance to tell some of the stories about what's going on with that team. And then really expand my view beyond just the Predators, which I spend most of my time with currently, and really spend more time talking about the storylines league-wide. I certainly don't want to lose the focus on the Predators because that's really what I'm here to do, but it always helps to provide a little more context and just give a better understanding to everyone about what really is happening across the league. And then hopefully at some point, maybe it's the trade deadline or the draft that will take place in Nashville or free agency down the road, I'd like to try to do some live broadcasts, whether that's an in-person event or a panel hosted on YouTube or whatever that is. I just think that would be a fun way to expand what I do and how I interact with all of you out there among the fan base. And then for the Predator Way podcast, as with the written and video work, I do want to be more consistent and timely so that I don't have to spend half of every episode just doing catch up on what's taken place since the last time I recorded. I do hope to continue to bring on more guests and eventually I would like that to include other teams and maybe even some national voices if I can establish some relationships there as well. Which then brings me to probably the the biggest thing for the Predator Way podcast in 2023. I think it's time for me to find a co-host. As much as it's been an interesting challenge to essentially teach myself audio recording and editing and eventually learning how to actually publish these episodes, doing every episode myself does make it difficult and both to do it consistently, but also it makes it a challenge to expand these episodes to cover the broader topics that I mentioned earlier, but also doing things like talking about prospects and having some opportunity to talk pop culture or whatever else comes to mind that it's just not as interesting if I'm sitting here talking to myself. So all that to say, I think 
it is time to sort of grow the podcast in that direction. So what I would say is if you're interested, send me a DM. And I came into all of this with absolutely no experience whatsoever and had to sort of learn on the fly. So I would certainly encourage that even if you've never recorded anything but are interested in giving it a try, reach out anyway and we'll give it a shot and and see if it works. So a lot of things happening this year, really looking to expand all the things that, that I do and that I bring from a hockey media perspective and just a content creation perspective. And really the whole goal here was to sort of say this out loud. So maybe it's putting it out in the universe and making it a little more real and a little more likely to happen as opposed to just writing it in my own wall and looking at it myself every day. So that will do it for this episode of the Predator Way podcast on Penalty Box Radio. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe to Penalty Box Radio on your preferred podcast pod. If you liked this episode, please rate and subscribe to Penalty Box Radio on your preferred podcast platform. Once again, I am your host, Boyd Farish. You can find me on Twitter at Boyd underscore 1212. And you can find my written work on PenaltyBoxRadio.com. So thanks so much for listening. Happy New Year and be well, everyone.